following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Tom Depreciate. Hey there. Hey. Philip Sexton and Guy Hewlett. How to do? How are you? And Elizabeth Dupree. Elizabeth. Sitting sitting in and enjoying life on a Saturday morning. <laughs> enjoying life. That's right. It's a great day to be alive. Yes. That's right. And that was a little bit of Warren Zevon that we were playing there. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Yeah, Warren Zevon popped up on a playlist yesterday morning when I was driving around. I thought, you know, we don't do enough Warren Zevon around here. and So I'm going to attempt to uh, play the good Warren Zevon songs that does not include Werewolves of London. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, you know, he, he really does. He was a great songwriter. So, really good. With, with, your, with your range of music, I don't think we do enough of anything around here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 50, the mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth out of the rising of the sun and to the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous around about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. That's the first five verses of Psalm 50. Um, the second hour got that today, and the first hour got that today. Right. What What did the first hour get? A rerun. Yeah. <laughs> so, of Psalm 50? No, no. no the, he, he did a psalm. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, he usually does it in the first hour. Right. He kicked off the second hour with it. That, that's right. <laughs> it can't have enough. Old David. I thought it'd be pretty unique if it was the same psalm, though. That'd That's be pretty right. pretty that, bizarre. That would be a, if it's odd, it's God. Yeah. Okay, Philip, you got some stories here, and we're going to try to go real far on one story. <laughs> we're going to do our best. That's right. <laughs> the crime. I got, only got two, guys. Only got two. You only got two. Oh, digging in deep. PayPal CEO, ethical and moral duty put staff ahead of shareholders. The chief executive of PayPal has attacked the shareholder-focused capitalism that has dominated for decades, saying companies should put their staff above all else. 
So this is part of this idea of um, stakeholder uh, involvement yeah. as opposed to just capitalism. Well, yeah. J- just shareholders. Well, and, and I mean, it, it really kind of depends on your, your company, too, because a lot of times your employees can be your stakeholders. Right. Um, a lot of times your employees are your customers. Uh, you know, it, it. there's three ways that you can – you, you, you can look at your company. Um, you've got, you know, customer first, employee first, shareholder first. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to, to go about it too. And what I want to say is like, there, there's not necessarily a wrong way. Um, when you think about it, uh, it really kind of depends upon the company that you're in. So Walmart, for example, they choose to be customer first on on a right. lot of different things, um, you know, because customers are what drives the business. You keep customers in the door, you keep profits going up, which keeps shareholders happy, which hopefully allows you to keep most of your employees happy. But also Walmart employs a lot of um, low-wage workers, um, low-skill, low-wage workers. Right. Uh the second one, you know, it would be like a, a Google, for example. They hire a lot of high-wage, high-skilled workers. Um, you know, they, they do a lot of weird different stuff over there on the West yeah. Coast. Uh, they put, you know, they, they put other things because their customer, their customer is the person that goes to Google or uses something Google-related, uses an Android phone or right. something like that. Um, you know, the customer is a pretty sticky customer. Uh, so it's more so let's keep either the shareholder or the employee happy. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, guy, you, uh, you, you talked about this one time back when you were in your, uh, deco days. Well, actually I'm going to go back even farther on this. I've, I've, I've had some real frontline experience in this area. So I was really excited when this article popped. Right. So. Let's go back 30-some-odd years, and I worked for a local corporation here, First Security Corporation, and the, and the leadership, the CEO of that corporation, he practiced shareholder wealth was the most important. Yep. And I mean in every meeting. Because he had some big shareholders he, on his board. And yes, he did. That kind of thing. And, it, you know, his job was to take care of them. And in every meeting that we sat in, that was preached. To us, the most important thing is shareholder wealth, return on investment. We must take care of our shareholders. If we don't have shareholders, we have no capital. Therefore, we have no employees. Therefore, we have no customers. That was his whole premise. And I learned a lot from that. And I'm going to tell you one of the, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to it. There's, there's no, no question about that. But let me, let me tell you what the attitude was that we would see. And, I don't, and I'm not saying this to, in a negative form, but this was just the style of management in the bank. It was you'd close the big deal. You'd be out there hunting, and you'd get the deal. You'd skin it, close it, celebrate it. The next morning, you'd come in, and the, and the management style was, what are you going to do for me today? Right. We got shareholders to take care of. Let's move on. That's behind us. Yeah. And so you know that was the environment. Well, 
you you know that develops a culture. Develops a culture. Right. Can be good, can be bad. <clears throat> but I'll tell you one of the most important pieces of that culture is you see more transition in your staff as a result of it. Turnover. Okay. That's the difference in putting shareholders first and right. putting the clients first. Correct. Or because the workers. You're exactly, Tom. Your employees aren't as happy in that environment. Yeah. That's all. It's just because, you know, we like to be praised. We want validation at times. We like a pat on the back, job well done. And we like to celebrate in that. I think all of us do in life. Sure. Period. So then I move into the world of my own business, and I was faced with the same question. What is most important? And I was in the staffing human resource business for 20-plus years. And my philosophy was the employee was the most important. And I, it was simply this. The employee's the most important because if they're not happy, that'll transpose to the customer yep. not being happy. Right. And then ultimately, <laughs> the shareholder's not happy. Right? Okay. But this is what makes that interesting. Is you have to, when you put your employee first, this was my experience. When faced with an important decision within your company, you need to ask how it's going to affect the employee. And that's a hard thing to do. Yep. Because, you know, when you think about putting employees first, you think about the cost of putting them first. And sometimes it can be expensive, right? And there's somewhat of a gamble. But my philosophy and what I think PayPal CEOs talking about, uh, Shulman is talking about here, is if you invest in your employees, you'll get the return on investment. Does that make sense? And it'll it'll transfer to the shareholder. It'll tra it'll transfer, you know, ten times, which wow. then you grow into a whole nother world. And I think that's what this article speaking to is purpose driven driven companies versus. Shareholder, wealth-driven companies. Yeah. And I think one thing, too, and, and this is where I, I was talking about it, really kind of depends upon the business, too, is that what you just described, it was it was relationships-driven. You know, you, it was people used a deco because of their ability to, to do certain things, but it was the relationship that they had with your employees. Right. And... You know, with PayPal, it's it's a it's a very similar thing in in that they go out with different businesses and say, "Hey, this is what we can do. This is the services that we can provide." But it's a relationship that they that they build over time, a relationship of trust, a relationship right. of of confidence in in PayPal's abilities. And what's ended up happening is, is you know, that you invest in the employee, and and the relationship stays there for multiple multiple years. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, Dupree Financial Group. Uh, you, you look at the turnover at Dupree, it's, it's very, very little, low. very low turnover. I mean, Mike's been there, what, 13 years now? Since 06. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's 13 years. Yeah. Can't tell you how many times I answered the phone. Is Mike Johnson there? Yeah. 14. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like that. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to touch on from this, too, is there's – Many different ways, um, you can, many different avenues you can go about 
with the with the employee um, on on this front. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be pay, um, you know, or, or time off, or there's all kinds of different tweaks and turns. Um, one thing that there is is uh, retirement benefits. Yeah, you know, that's what we specialize in. Uh, there's a lot of uh, small businesses out there uh, that, you know, whether whether it's by not knowing or uh, just by not really digging into it or whatever it may be, they they don't really have retirement plans. You know, you get a small business that might have five employees, and they're all making buku's of money, right? But there's not really a retirement plan there um, because it's just why why pay. Four thousand dollars a year to have somebody to have somebody do a four hundred one k, you know, a plan administrator and all this and yep. all that. Well, there's other avenues to that. You know, that's something that we've we've been really big at pushing at Dupree Financial Group is you, you've got things like a simple IRA or a profit sharing plan or a self employed plan, um, whatever it may be that. Like a simple IRA, for example, it acts very similar to a 401k without all of the um, overhead costs. Yeah, Everybody gets their own. And, Philip, explain it now to the listeners what a simple IRA is or a self-employment plan program. Small business can have their own retirement plan is what Philip's talking about here. Explain that. So let's say you're a small business and you've got – this is how it would work out perfectly. Let's say you've got about 10, 15 employees. Perfect. Very low turnover. You know, you, you don't want a, a company where you're, you're turning over staff, you know, every two years or something like that because it would drive you insane, the, the headache nightmare of it. But you've got very low turnover. What you, what you can do is everybody has their own simple IRA in that plan. Now, you can put up to, I think it's, uh, I think it's like, uh, 13,000 about, uh, a year in now the individual employee, individual employee. Now there's two options under the simple IRA rules that the employer has. It's either a 2% mandatory Mm -hmm. where they doesn't matter if you put a dime into the plan or not, they have to put 2% of your salary into it, or there's a 3% match, you know, and it's, it's very simplistic to just, you know, at the end of the year, just go in and say, all right, well, they hit their 3%, match it, boom, one big check, and done. And it costs you an extra 3% of employee salaries, but, you know, you would you would be amazed at the, the turnover rate you might save from something like that, where somebody says, well, I'm not, I don't really have a retirement plan here, and that could be the tipping point that, that puts them somewhere else. Right. If the employer wants to put in more than that, though, Philip. What what are the guidelines? More than the three percent. Oh, that, that's where you you can go up to. I'm pretty sure it's thirteen thousand a year. The employer. No, not the employer. The employer can't. No, but if what if the employer wanted to put in more money? So if you if you wanted to put in more money, let's say you're like a a firm of four or something like that, and you wanted to put in you know good chunks of money, that's where you could do either a profit sharing or. Um, you know, maybe, you'd, move, you'd move into another problem. Maybe even like a self-employed plan where, you know, you, you can, everybody gets the same percentage and you can get up to, I think it's up to 25% of, of salary, uh, 
with the max that I think is like 52,000 or something like that. It, it's, it's a big chunk. So you could do big, big pieces with something like that. You know, that would be more geared towards, let's say you're a law firm or something like that, you know, where everybody's a partner or junior partner or something like that, where you really want to keep the team together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's making the employee, the stakeholder over the, shareholder so to speak exactly and and, you know look we all know social security's got its difficulties and probably eventually going to go away that these are the type of programs that everybody needs to start thinking about i suspect we'll continue to see more legislation that's going to enhance these products to make it more attractive for small business to provide a retirement plan that you know can compete with uh, University of Kentucky or a Toyota or somebody of that caliber. Exactly. And, and you know, when you look at the SECURE Act, the, one of the things in the, the new SECURE Act law that they signed was uh, you could do a, a multi-employer plan, uh, making it a lot easier to do something like that where, let's say, the pre-financial group and um, I'm just going to name some businesses going down the street, Gray Construction, Barney Miller, um, the – gather on main the the little restaurant right next door right give them a plug here uh, <laughs> let's say they all said all right we we want to have a, a a 401k but we don't want to have our own separate because it costs too much to to manage the plan well they all go in and pay their own well they create pay- a little cooperative is what yeah. they do and it's the same rules for every single company but you know every single company is responsible for their own dollars at that point um that that is an option now. Uh, I would say that a lot of times, depending upon who, what kind of business you are, the simple IRA a lot of times can be better for you. Um, unless you're planning, the, the one way a four hundred one k could be better is if let's say you're planning on doing like a ten percent match or or something crazy. Simple IRA it allows you more access to uh, different investments. You know, when you look at a 401k plan, you're limited You're limited to a stable of mutual funds. And let's say you get into a multi-employer plan. Well, now you've got to have a stable of mutual funds that all the other employers can agree upon. So let's say you yeah. get that, you know, you get that one guy in there. So like in that instance that I just, that I just described. Yeah. Gray's the big fish in the ocean at that point. Gray Construction would be right. uh, in that hypothetical situation, and they're they're going to tell they're going to tell you, hey, this is these are the rules. If you if you want the cheap plan, get in or get out at that point. Yeah, and you don't want to necessarily maybe tie yourself to to something like that. Whereas a simple plan is your plan. You know, it empowers you, the employer, you, the business, and and your employees to really work towards a retirement goal and in our situation do we manage the ira i mean how, explain how we do the ira the simple ira for a company yeah so it, it's each each account is its own individual account we can go in we can we can manage to that account um you know we actually have a couple of plans uh, you, know, you can go into the the small business and you can meet with the people that are at the small business and, and give them more of, you know, when, when I think of like a 401k plan, 
you might have the opportunity to see your guy once every couple years, right. you know, and he's just going to be like, yep, looks good. Let's keep it going, you know, and he, he's not – he pat you on the back and say, it's nice to meet you. You may have met him three times, but every time he's going to say, it's nice to meet you because he doesn't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where oh, if you gosh. look at – um, <laughs> if you look at what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to help businesses – help their employees, but also help those employees plan towards the future. You know, we're meeting with them. We're, we're developing a relationship with them, a, a, you know, a relationship of trust and, and that we can, you know, walk through life with them and say, hey, right. let's tweak this, let's do this, you know, and develop a plan and, and walk through the plan step by step. Same thing with 401 rollovers too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A different phase of life. That's right. So there's there's something else that's really interesting about what we're talking about that we're not talking about. We're in the millennial employment generation. Yep. Unemployment's basically zero. I mean, you, it's three and a half percent. But if you really water and break those numbers down, we're every business out there is fighting for employees, which is another reason that that. PayPal CEO, is that was it? PayPal, is yeah, that? PayPal, yeah. PayPal. <laughs> Better look. His thinking is is on point. The millennials today are a totally different type of workforce. Right. They weren't raised by the greatest generation. You know, I know how how we were raised. Tom and I and Elizabeth Phillips, a little bit younger, but we were raised with. <laughs> You know, hard work, keep your mouth shut, don't right. complain, show up early, leave late, do your job with a smile on your face. Work ethic was instilled in us. That's uh, that's how I was raised by my by my grandfather, really. Yeah, you were, Philip, because your grandfather had a lot to do with that, right? Yeah. But, you we, you know, today the workforce, they have a different attitude. They're, there's more of an entitlement attitude, but they are all— they also are very purpose-driven, and we can talk about that when right. we come back from the break. Right. You listen to the Tom Dupree Show with Philip Sexton and Guy Huglet, News Radio 630 WLAP. Folks, you got to stop in the Magic Vapor Shop and check out some of this new hardware and tanks and juices that they're improving on and making so much better. Stop in Magic Vapor Shop and see some of the new type of vaping kits. We have about 18 kits between 20 and 50 bucks out the door with all you'll need to get started and stop it with the stinky sticks for good. You see, folks, with Vapor, you can lower your nicotine level all the way down to zero nicotine and either quit all the way or use vapor only when you think you need a cigarette. You see, the fake news stories about vapor killing people and putting them in the hospital turned out to be false and misleading information. We knew it. They knew it. Now the world knows. Magic Vapor Shops are in Nicholasville, Brandon Crossing, Georgetown, right behind the Sonic, Lexington, off Richmond Road by Pizza Hut, or in Winchester, next to Pizza Pizza. Or you can stop the stinkies anytime at www.magicvaporshop.com. Chris Stapleton's Concert for Kentucky, an outlaw state of kind benefit, April 25th. The first concert ever at Kroger Field. Chris Stapleton with special guests. On the road again. Willie Nelson and family. Just can't wait to get on the road Cheryl again. Crow. All I wanna do 
Gula. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. talking about rain and snow showers on a wintry Saturday across the area. Temperatures today in the 30s, but a wind chill that will be generally into the 20s. That's what it's going to feel like across the area. If we are to get a little light snowfall, that would occur after dark as temperatures drop to around freezing or a little below. Passing flurries for the day on Sunday. Wind chills in the 20s, highs in the 30s. Another light rain or light snowmaker into town as we make our way into Monday. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeartRadio Station. Introducing Long John Silver's $10 Sea Shares. Pick up our six-piece fish, nine-piece chicken, 15-piece shrimp, or six crab cakes, each for just 10 bucks. Long John Silver's Fish Yeah. Pricing and participation may vary. Does not include product grill. Tax extra. A life well lived. It's what everyone deserves. If you're dealing with serious illness or pain, or if you're a caregiver that needs support for your loved one, we are here to make every moment count. Visit Bluegrass Care Navigators, bgcarenav.org. Message and data rates may apply. Earning your degree from one of the top business schools in the country might sound impossible to fit into your workload. But what if there were a business degree that advanced your career skills and gave you access to world-renowned faculty, leaders, and mentors all on your schedule? One that opened doors to some of the most influential CEOs, tech companies, law firms, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And what if you could earn that degree in as little as 16 months, 100% online? Find out more. Text RESULT to 79645. Start on the path to earning your MBA or Business Analytics Master's degree online from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University today. Learn more about the graduate programs from the top-ranked W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University offered 100% online. Text RESULT to 79645. That's R-E-S-U-L-T to 79645. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Unicorn valuations staged by inflated by late-stage investor protections. The public sees a big number while fine print deals offer insurance against losses. Now, what is going on with this? Yeah, so um, everybody's telling me we got to go back. We got to go back to that other article. We weren't done with that yet. Okay. You want to go back and yeah. stick with one? No, Tom wants to talk about mystical figures, it. unicorns. Woo. He likes the unicorns, but there's more to dig into this next one. We hadn't even gotten to the second part of it. So, Philip, carry on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't let the unicorn get you. So, on the second part, it says, you know, Shulman attacked the idea of shareholder primacy developed by Nobel Prize winning economist Milton Friedman. Uh, Friedman was an ardent believer in free markets, and his ideas helped drive the wave of deregulation in the West that shaped uh, late 20th century capitalism. I think it's ridiculous that the idea of prop, profit and purpose work against each other, uh, Shulman said. I actually think they work together. So what I found interesting from that, and you know, jump in whenever y'all see fit, but 
one of the things that you have to be very careful of, and I feel like when you look at what happened in 2009 too, is is this exact thing where they worked against each other is that you, you get all of these businesses that, you know, hey, they start having these short-term goals and the CEO maybe is, is looking at, okay, I've got to hit my profit goal so I can get my bonus. And maybe he axes 500 workers. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, so here's the funny thing is a lot of times your, your employees end up being your shareholders and your customers all in one there's there's a there's a three a three prong thing but they all touch kind of thing and when you start when you start massive layoffs because you're looking at short-term profit goals what ends up happening is you're sacrificing long term because now you know those people go into unemployment and they're no longer working so the amount that they can purchase starts to evaporate uh, the amount that they can do, the, you know, the amount that they can invest is basically gone at that point. And you're looking going, all right, where, where's the next cut coming from? Um, you know, we've got a local business uh, that you know, they've, they've cut everything except the, I guess, the the, the windows and, and doors, haven't they? We're, you're, you're, at a, you're at a crossroads here with this, with this d- debate, yeah. in my opinion. So you have you have the leader that basically shareholder wealth is the most important, profits the most important, and will make decisions based on that. What you just talked about, Philip. Now I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a, a ball in the in the arena here that or maybe this is a a, <laughs> a landmine. Okay. But sometimes that can be. Driven by dark forces. Greed. Now, let's go back to the Wall Street movie. Okay? Wall Street. And the famous speech that he made at the shareholder meeting to buy that company. You remember Michael Douglas's famous line? Greed is good. Do y'all remember this? Phillip's looking at me like I'm crazy. Tom, you remember it. Michael Douglas. I do. Daryl Hannah. Yes. I mean, it was a great movie, but he talked about how greed is good. Well, you know, if that, so that's one side of leadership style out there in this world, that profit is the most important, and we will make cuts, et cetera, that affect everybody. The other side is the spiritual approach, okay? Whose money is it really? If you're a spiritual leader— or CEO, then you then you have to look at it from that point. And I think that's what the real argument or the real debate is in this article. Now you're you're more focused on purpose. And if you're if you're looking to try to make a difference with the the money that you're making in the world that you're serving and the kingdom of God, so to speak, right. okay, from a spiritual perspective, then what happens? Well, if you believe it, you get blessed ten times over. And that's what Friedman was unable to talk about when he's talking about the economy, the scale of economy back in the, you know, the Industrial Revolution, and he's looking at that point. Does that make sense, Philip? Well, yeah, and uh, the kind of that you, you were talking about, so 
my favorite quote on democracy is democracy needs to be more than two wolves and one sheep voting on what to have for dinner. You know, that, yeah. that that's yeah. pretty that, that that's that could be religious too in a sense. It's very spiritual. Um, you know, and when you when you definitely think, for the sheep. For the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you think on on let's just think on that for for a bit. Well, let me give you a sound bite. I want I want to give you this. So this is purpose driven. Okay. This is beautiful, I think. Purpose-driven companies are more ambitious. They attract the best talent. They inspire richer innovation. They make faster decisions and are more trusted. They have greater loyalty and attract more investment. I'll give you, all right, so I'll give you, I want to give you the reason that I do this business, the reason I, I wanted to be in this business is so when i first started out in college i wanted to be an engineer wanted to be you know that's what my grandfather was i wanted to be an engineer but i wanted to be a chemical engineer and i wanted to get into kind of like the the drug world and see if i could maybe help somebody you know maybe maybe cure something well you make it through a year college and you realize it's not what you thought it was so i'd quit engineering that i that's not that's not the the path i want to take uh i knew what my skill set was my skill set was numbers so i started looking around and i i found found the business school joined the business school got my degree in finance because i felt like if you drew a venn diagram of every major that the business school has accounting economics management marketing all of them Finance is kind of like the middle circle that touched a little bit of everything. And I knew I was good with numbers, and I decided, all right, what do I want to do in the business world? I want to get into financial advising because that's directly helping someone make their money work for them. Right. And, you know, that that was my purpose-driven argument. And you talk about the, the millennial employee well, a, a lot of a lot of people, you know, a lot of the millennial employees, they 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 don't necessarily view certain things the way that their parents or grandparents viewed them. They they view it what's what's my purpose and you know what yeah. what's what am I going to what be am I doing? doing here? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so the more that I think about it, I even I even was touched by the, I guess the millennial generation yeah. in that I got into this business because I wanted to be able to help people. Right. Here's the great debate though. Seventy nine percent of your CEOs surveyed believe that success of business today, that more business is successful based on purpose driven initiatives. Right. But yet sixty eight percent of those same leaders said they make decisions based on profit in bottom line and not how to affect the employees. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, and one of the things I wanted to say, too, is, you know, the, back to that two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Yeah. Well, you can eat the sheep, but then what's for dinner tomorrow? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. It's eating tomorrow. Yeah. And the the problem is, and this is where I was talking about the three-pronged approach, is uh, here you may make a move for the shareholders, but like in the bank's scenario, um, you know, they, they had a – they 
they had a stock-based compensation, didn't they? That's right. Yes, well, they did. That means that your employees were a big position on your stock. Right. Well, let's say that uh, you started cutting a lot of employees that had a lot of shares. Well, they needed to feed their families, and they took those shares and dumped so, them, right. dumped them on the market. Right. Well, you could be it could be defeating purpose at that point when you know you you it's the big fish jumps out of the ocean. Yeah, you know I want to go back to to what we initially were talking about though. You know this, I know we're talking about corporate entities, mm-hmm. but yet this this so applies to small business. There's no question about it. And we, we need to really talk to the, about that. The self-employment, the simple IRA programs, these, these are great retention tools. These are great uh, employee benefit tools for small business. Okay? And by the way, if there's any small business folks out there that want to learn more about it, call us, please. I mean, this is something we love to talk about, and we have a passion about this. But see, think about really how... Our business world continues to evolve right now. It's all small business. It's millennials. Mm-hmm. It's it's the younger generation wanting to make a difference with their product mm-hmm. and them and and in the society that they live and work. But these little companies become families, right? And it's Absolutely. all about how they can make a difference in the community, yeah. take care of themselves. All of this drives sales, drives the revenue piece, which then in turn drives the profit piece. But they all need to be... still on one article? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they all need to be... They all need to be taking care of themselves. They can't rely on anybody else. They need to plan for their own retirement now. And that's what we're really talking about with the SEP programs, self-employment programs, simple IRAs. Well, pensions are a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, when you look, uh, you know, for uh, not for uh, Social Security, that's that's going by the wayside. Now you might be. Uh, I do. I think I'll get a Social Security. Yes. Do I think I'll be seventy five before I can touch it? Yeah. So probably won't get a Social Security because I ain't planning on living past fifty, guys. Right. We'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Oh, don't be saying that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah, don't be saying that. <laughs> but anyway, um. Take my word for it. Yeah. So when, when you when you say you know when when you look at things, it, it is it, it's the the burden has shifted from the employer to the employee to make your way through, you know, saving for retirement and to retirement, and this is a good way, you know, like you said, guys, that when when you look, you spend more time more awake hours during the week with your your work family than you do your at-home family that is a fact yeah and in order to you know in in order to uh make everything prosperous you know uh, uh, the way a family prospers is they they stick together and they have each other's back and you know a, a good way is to not only have plans in place like this but accountability you know, I, I think a, a really good owner of a business goes in and says, hey, you, are you doing this? And, That's right. And has those discussions with his, with his younger employees. You know, are, are you saving for retirement? Are you, are you doing everything you can do? And goes over their situations with them. 
You know, another thing that's interesting about this whole story and kind of a culture of a, a small business especially is health comes from the inside out. So if the company is healthy from within, there's a culture of the employer taking care of the employees. The employers are going to pass that care on to the people that they're serving as a business. Great point. And, and so it, it really, it's building health from the inside out. So a company is naturally going to be healthier if the employees have a, a culture of their being looked out for with, with value added, with good health care, with um, the different mm-hmm. investment products that employers can make the future better for their employers or employees. Um, and then they're going to, in turn, and the company is, gonna, when they're doing business with an individual, they're going to be, it's just, it's a whole trickle-down effect of just a, a healthy culture. Well, yeah, right. it's, it's every, every, then, you know, you want to go out and make a difference in the world at that That's point. That's right. And it, it Another way of putting it is, is the, the the snake's body can only follow the head of the snake. Right. You know, it can't it can't diverge in different paths. So, you know, when when from the top down everything is is moving in the right direction, you're gonna get there a lot quicker. And that that's and then that leads to a profitable company, which is yep. where all this started, which was right putting the staff ahead of the shareholders. Initially, you kind of raise your eyebrow and you're like, the shareholders have invested in your company. What what in the world does this mean? Put the staff ahead, but the staff is what makes the company healthy, so that the shareholders profit. Absolutely, everything's different now. You know, just everything—the way the markets work today—are different. It's more people-centered. Yes. It, well, it, but I think in the in the older times, um, you know, <coughs> back in the first security days, there was a um, a cultural feeling. People just had, and I, I say this, people generally were more honorable. Yes. You did business with a handshake. There was more trust. Character was a primary. Yeah. The character was a primary. And so when somebody's word was, that was another way where you took care of people. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of a little bit different as opposed to now you don't have as much of that. So you've got to have the the culture of caring inside a company because it's, yeah. Unfortunately, it is the exception instead of the rule. She makes a great point, you guys. I mean, think about, you know, when we were growing up, love thy neighbor. You know, it was, a, you know, if, if Fred, your next door neighbor, lost the job, everybody rallied around sure. and took care of the family. I think Dur- their neighborhood's still like that a little bit. But once but, again, they're the exception. But they're the an rule. exception. You're exactly right, Elizabeth. They're very far between. <laughs> it's not. Everybody's kind of in it for themselves. Right. Because we've become a very self-absorbed society. Now, that's the dark side. Yeah. Coming out again, you know. But Elizabeth makes a great point. I can't tell you how many times, like you said, the three C's of uh, yes of 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 lending, lending back in the old days. Biggest one was character. You took people at their word. You know, I, I what what is it now? That and it the, was the first one that you evaluated. The saying is, you go home and you say, "Well, Guy Hewlett told me this," and and you know, somebody says, "Well, do you have it in writing?" 
You know, do you, do you yeah. did you did you record <laughs> did you record him telling you that? Well, you're right. Like that you know, and then that's yeah. where everything is shifted to, is that you know there there's a complete lack of trust in society now. Can you imagine going into a bank nowadays and saying I need a hundred thousand dollars, and the guy reaching his hand out and saying, I know you, Joe Smith. Yeah, wouldn't and, happen. And well, there's so many more regulations. Yep. You got to pass all the credit checks. Well, there's so many regulations. The industry is so regulated. But but back in the '60s and '70s, that's the way oh, banks yeah. did business. Oh, no. Even in the '80s, I I, I can tell y'all a story. I actually borrowed money from a bank one time. That that I had a very good relationship with this this bank president, and and uh, they were it was down in in Eastern Kentucky, and I called and told him what I needed the money for. He said, no problem. He mailed me a cashier's check with the note. Wow. I signed the note, mailed it back. back to him. Now that and you could have, you could have been in Mexico. Well, well sure. <laughs> I mean, but but again, it's back it's back to this character thing. But I I really want to delve into something here as we get into the final of the show. I think the message that I'm hearing today is that we all have a responsibility. Small business, large businesses already has the corporate policy instilled within their culture, but small business today has a responsibility to really stay focused on their employees and how they can best take care of them, which means when they hire them, put them through Retirement 101 planning. Make it a part of their corporate, their company culture that retirement savings is going to be important. Yep. And it's an excellent retention method for staff. And then work with companies like us to grow that over the years. Well, because ultimately you look at, you go back to the, the family situation, the family dynamic. Ultimately, you look at your, your employer kind of like a parental figure. You know, right, and and it's up to your parents too to to teach you about retirement and getting getting to that phase of life, um, you know. And and I remember when my grandparents took me to uh, to Edward Jones with them, um, you know, a long time ago right. because they wanted me to know what you know their IRAs look like and and all all that they had saved toward retirement. And it's the same principle with your employer. It's like your second second family you know they tell you hey you need to you need to get to this point you need to save this you need to do this and hold you accountable towards it and it's it's a loyalty thing when you feel like hey you know that this this guy's got my back you know then it it just trickles down because now it's like hey ton pre's got my back so i got his you know and and you did what you go to war you're ready to go to war shield and sword at that point and you know, that's where if you're a small employer and you haven't put this into effect, another good thing to do is, is you know, if you don't know how to do it, is to, to partner with somebody that can help you. Right. You know, right. I mean, uh, I think what what's what's the saying? It takes a village, mm-hmm. you know, to raise a new employee, to raise yeah. your, your child employee. That's right. It takes a village. You know, I think about. I didn't learn everything from my grandparents or my mother. You know, I, I had my, my grandfather was one of nine. Yeah. So he had eight brothers and sisters. 
I learned this from my Uncle Tommy, or I learned this from my Aunt Trudy, or, you know, th- there's there's all kinds of things. But let me ask you a question right at where you are. So when you were make discerning whether or not you were going to come work for Dupree Financial Group, and you were talking to your family about that, what were the questions they were asking you? Well. Do well, they have a retirement plan? No, they didn't. They didn't that. ask you that? Mm. That was always a question my right. parents asked. What, what kind of retirement benefits are they offering I you? I think the biggest question that was asked was, okay, why do you, why, why you want to do this job and why do you want to do it for Dupree Financial Group? And I think when you boil it down, was it goes back to what I said earlier. I wanted to be a financial advisor. I wanted to be an investment advisor to help people. Help people. Yeah. And the way I thought I could help people was through my, my, my ability with numbers, my ability to analyze stuff, my ability to do things like that, and my, and my ability to hopefully build trusting relationships over yeah. time. And when I look at Dupree Financial Group versus a lot of other players in this industry, you could get to do it all. Yeah, you could do more than just one thing. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, you know, you go to your local bank and you're going to be the financial advisor for your bank, well, all I'm doing is building a relationship with the client at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm not using anything about my numbers acumen. Yeah. You know, when 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 you look at, then you could just be a financial analyst, the backside of the bank picking the stocks. You never get to see a client. You never get to see yep. what your hard work is is going towards. You're just in this cubby, just yep. digging through balance sheets, digging through income statements to to pass them off to the next guy yep. to build the relationship. Well, at the pre financial group, you got to do it all. Right, and you were able to talk to the clients. And look at the balance sheets and do some analysis. Because yeah. you're part of a team. That's right. You're part of a team. And if you need a team in your life, give us a call. Give us a call. Two three three zero four hundred. This is the Tom Dupree Show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it, Tom. We're a candid and diligent guide. And diligent guide. <laughs> we are forthright. So, yep. dude, call us at at two three three zero four hundred or email us at Dupree Financial uh, at info at depreefinancial dot com. Look at our website at depreefinancial dot com and Facebook. Yep, Follow Facebook us on page. Facebook. Give Educate, guide, empower. That's what we do. That's what we do. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. This is the Tom Dupree Show News Thirty. <laughs> <laughs> News Radio Thirty WLAP. Thanks. Johnny strikes up the band They'll be rocking in the project Walking down along the strand Citizens of Lexington and surrounding areas, Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has only three questions for you. Do you have a job? Do you bring home $400 weekly? Do you want a new car? If you answered yes, then Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram wants to approve your credit today so you can drive home the new vehicle you really want. During the Start Something New sales event, drive home a new 2020 Jeep Compass Limited for just $249 per month. Plus, we want your old car regardless of make, miles, and condition. Even if you owe more than it's worth. So ask yourself, do you have a job? Do you bring home $400 weekly? Do you want a new car? Then hurry to Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.
just minutes from Fayette Mall or online at BigMCTJR.com. Stock number J2309. Qualified applicants. 36-month lease. 2839 due at site. Plus tax and license. 10,000 miles per year. Zero security deposit. Negative equity refinanced. All rebates to deal. Offers don't combine. Big M's got your truck, man. In Nicholasville. What a birthday party. The kids love the crafts. The pizza was there when we arrived, and we all had fun at the museum. I liked the party room. That was fun. The birthday chair was cool. It was my best birthday ever. And they make it so easy. The staff is friendly, and the birthday party was a great help. What's your happy place? Explorium of Lexington, located in Victorian Square. Book your birthday party now. Find us at Explorium.com. You know who really loves fresh food? Amateur chefs, barbecuers, smorgasbordlers, snackers, bakers, and throw it in the microwavers. At Kroger, you can get all the fresh you want at a great price with same-day pickup and delivery because we believe in fresh for everyone. And now you'll find more ways to save at the Buy 5, Save 5 event. Just buy any five participating items and save $5 at checkout with cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. WLAP Lexington available everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeartRadio station. From ABC News. I'm Michelle Franzen. In one hour from now, senators will hear opening arguments by President Trump's legal team in the impeachment trial. They will have the same time as House Democrats. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. President Trump with help. Over the past three days, House trial managers have laid out evidence saying it shows the president abused his power by withholding military aid to Ukraine and leveraging that to ask Ukraine's leader to launch an investigation into a political rival and then tried to cover it up. Trial managers urged the Senate to allow new witness testimony and documents. ABC's Kira Phillips has more. The big question now, will Republicans allow Democrats to call in new witnesses like former National Security Advisor John Bolton? The president actually telling me just a few days ago in Davos, Switzerland, he would love for Bolton to testify, even though he's the one blocking him from doing so. An audio recording has emerged that appears to capture the voice of the president calling for former U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine, Marie, Marie Yovanovitch, for her removal, discussing it with Giuliani associate Lev Parnas in 2018. The president's legal team says it doesn't mean a thing. More from ABC's David Wright in Washington. Important to underscore here, the recording is not in itself proof of anything illegal, but it does strengthen the, the Democrats' case that the president may have been directly involved in his Ukraine effort. It also suggests there may well be other information out there relevant to the impeachment that we haven't yet heard. The cases of the coronavirus swelling in China, more than 41 dead and 1,300 confirmed cases. The city of Wuhan, where health officials say the virus originated, imposed travel restrictions, making it difficult for Americans who live there to leave. We know that the airport is closed, so of course it makes sense that the U.S. government is chartering a plane. We understand from that Wall Street Journal report that there are something like a 1,000